Hi friends, I'm Christine Dynese, Integrative Epigenetic Health Specialist and host of the Well-Examined podcast. Well-Examined is where science and discovery meet human intuition and wellness to help everyone claim sovereignty over their health and vitality. Each episode, I'll chat with the most clever minds in integrative health, biohacking, and neurolinguistics, as well as reputable citizen scientists across all facets of wellness. As the world begins to take their health into their own hands, never before have we so badly wanted second, third, and fourth opinions. Well-Examined serves to offer alternative treatments, ancient traditions, and the latest medical research with a measured dose of objectivity, levity, and a fun bedside manner. Hi friends, today we're gonna be talking with Dr. Marvin, one of our favorite holistic biological dentists. Dr. Marvin has been practicing biological dentistry for over a decade now in Encinitas, California, and has dedicated his career to studying the links between oral and whole person systemic health. He also created a really cool line of holistic oral care products, Breathe Doctor. So when I first came across Dr. Marvin's work, he was discussing a removal procedure of dead tissue in a patient's sinus region with stage three breast cancer and how her tumor shrank following the procedure. I was totally blown away and I knew I had to talk to him. Today, I wanna get into a few things about biological dentistry. So for those of you who are new to it, we're gonna talk about the fundamental differences between conventional and holistic dentistry, talk a little bit about kids' dental health, our oral microbiome, and the documentary that was so controversial, Netflix had to remove it. Hi, Doc. Thanks for being with us today. It's my pleasure. I love being here. Dr. Marvin, can you tell us first about your Aikigai? This is a question I ask everyone to share. It's the Japanese concept of your life's purpose. What inspired you to become a holistic dental specialist? Well, I would say my purpose uh, came later after deciding that I wanted to be a holistic dental purposes. Cool. Uh, I actually am a conventional dentist, and then you have to, in order to get the license here, and I didn't even know that there's such a thing as alternative dentistry. And um, after I studied some marketing and I decided, hey, I want to remove mercury fillings properly or the right way so that it doesn't uh, toxify people further, then that's when the snowball started rolling and then this one thing led to another then i became very holistic and everything that i was doing in my practice was almost the opposite of what we were taught in dental school so for me i'm very practical very common sense and then that's when it led to my practice now being holistic you can't just look at the physical you have to look at the mental the emotional the spiritual and not only that i was trying to segment my business from my personal life and not until i just let go and just saw how it was all interrelated basically how my practice and what i do goes as i go that's when everything started falling into place and when everything started falling into place that's when i figured out my purpose or i should say my purpose came to me yeah so i love that that's so it wasn't I knew that I wanted to be a holistic or biological dentist. It was just a natural progression or a process. Perfect. That's so awesome. Yeah. So for the newbies out there, can you tell us a little bit about the fundamental differences between conventional and holistic dentistry? I'm not sure everyone really knows yet. Yeah. So as a conventional dentist in the past, so I was trained to be a conventional dentist. I did residency. I, I, I taught at the dental schools. I had a very successful uh regular dental practice. And of course, 
I didn't call it regular dental practice because <laughs> I didn't know that there was alternatives. I, yeah. Both my parents are medical doctors. My older brother's a medical doctor. So, you know, I grew up surgery, antibiotics, medication. I grew up with that. That's hence why I was very toxic and had had issues growing up. So growing up, not knowing that there's an alternative way and then moving to California, then figured things out that, hey, maybe what I was learning was not the right way of doing things. So most conventional dentists or mainstream dentists uh, don't know that there's another way. Well, when I started doing everything that I was doing because it just made sense to me and I do... I obviously practice the golden rule. I only rec make recommendations as if I were the patient. So I designed this whole practice based on if I were a patient. That's and, really cool. And as I started developing and I started realizing, you know, this is the right thing to do. I want to learn more. And so I was like, where do I learn this holistic or biological dentistry? There really isn't any standard. And there's actually, as you know, there's more unknowns in the alternative world than in the straight and arrow, everyone learned the same thing, allopathic medical. Sure, world. because you're accounting for so many more variables. I always say it's like, yeah, open up one door and you think, okay, I'll find the answer. And then three doors are right behind that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, I just, just opened one and now I have three. And then I know there's three more behind each of those three. And so it required a lot more skill. And then I had to figure out what do I want to be? What resonates with me and what's best for me? So Biological dentistry, holistic dentistry, there's more unknowns and knowns. And so not all of us, I'm just grouping a bunch of holistic and biological dentists. There aren't many of us and all of us have different uh, skills, understandings and experiences. But there are some general uh, differences between conventional dentistry and biological dentistry. And I'm just going to kind of go kind of from my point of view, again, there's no standard. So there might be some biological dentists that don't know what I do, or they might disagree. With yeah. What tell I do. us about, you know, what it would be like for a typical patient experience. So you, someone coming with you, the big difference in with me in particular is I just have a big picture perspective. And I'm not just talking about how the teeth are related to, let's say your heart, okay, or how gum disease can can cause problems, you know, low birth weight or premature babies. I'm talking about getting to the root cause of a problem, and then discussing why did it get there, if it's still there, if there are symptoms or not, what could it happen in the future? And how does it affect your life? So I'm like, super big picture. I look at it from like 30,000 feet above and I see it, how it relates to you, your family members and how you feel. Now, most people don't think that that maybe I automatically think. So I think that I have a perspective of knowing what the small picture is. So I can definitely understand these dentists that are working literally on one tooth, whereas I see one tooth and, and within a millisecond, I know what the cause is, what will happen to them, and being able to explain it to, in a way to a patient that they can digest and make a decision on their own. Basically, give them all their options, pros and cons, and give them the option to make a decision on their own free will, not you need this, let's do the treatment now. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is uh, everybody should be sending their kids to you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but there's only one of me. <laughs> I always talk about how it's, you know, I'm the mother of a almost seven-year-old and I don't want to get her to a place where she suddenly has to unlearn every 
thing. I'm doing my best to, uh, you know, help her be a resourceful person, help provide her with, you know, whole person, holistic care from head to toe, you know, mental, emotional wellness, and then, you know, all the physicality. So what advice do you have for parents or what's the entry point for, you know, kids? Because a lot of parents still have that mentality of, you know, they take their kid to the doctor when something's wrong. So how do you, you know, what do you say to parents? How do you approach that? So as a parent, and I'm a parent of three, um, everything gets serious when you start having kids. And it's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what? I have to make a decision on what they're eating for lunch? You know, they're, what they're eating could be potentially be toxic. So I definitely get what you're saying. It's like, we all know that dentistry is important because what we talk about is gums and straight teeth and holes and cavities, and we all want to prevent pain. So when we go to the dentist, we're hoping that like, I know what's going on in the parent's head is like, does my patient, uh, does my son or daughter have cavities? And if they do, then all of these ideas come into their head, like, oh, are they going to be able to handle the appointment? What are they going to do? Are they going to put something in that's toxic? What is toxic? And so we have all of these questions that spin in through our head. And it's really fear of the unknown. And that's what a lot of people have. So I do see kids, but just like I see adults, I go through the same thing is what's going on right now and how did it get there instead of jumping straight to this is what we do for treatment. And then when we figure out the hows after we discuss it, then we go, okay, here are the available treatments that I would do if it were me. So for instance, if I have a cavity, I basically break it down very easily. Small cavity, we do ozone. Medium cavity, we fail. Large cavity, unfortunately, we have to take the tooth out. Now, other dentists or pediatric dentists will have other ideas. They may say small cavity. They'll say, let's use a bunch of fluoride. If I were to tell you, ah. tell, if I were to tell <laughs> you that, would you use something that's good for your teeth but bad for your health? Most people will say, absolutely okay, not. Okay, everybody in this room, raise their hand. No. <laughs> <laughs> but people are going to are going to. Uh, dentists are not going to tell you that, okay? Because they're so small picture minded. And then you say, why do you have a cavity? Oh, it's because you don't use fluoride toothpaste. You don't brush enough. And the truth is, is that you should first ask, what's the cause of the cavity? And then secondly, what's the best way to take care of it from a non-toxic means? I mean, it, for me, it's like, it's so common sense. It's so easy, but I know that people, it's, it's bad for me to assume that people are automatically doing this from the dentist's perspective and the parent's perspective. So a lot of my visits are just common sense. Let's ask better questions and then let's go ahead and talk about the possible treatments and let's avoid this for the other teeth so that we can have a great experience now and also in the future. So yeah. kids, adults, same thing. You're training people to think holistically. Yeah. And I'm, I naturally do this, but I don't, I didn't realize that most people didn't. So a lot of my exams are teaching the parents or just teaching the patient that let's just take a big step back and stop and not have any biases. And let's just think about how do we gain health? And if we're not getting health, why are we getting disease? And it's basics, but no one's talking about it. Yeah, so let's let's get right into it. Let's talk about, you know, this idea of root cause. Obviously, in integrative or holistic medicine, that is it. Uh, I want to talk about that Netflix documentary. So for, you know, people who don't know, there is a documentary out there called Root Cause, which when I watched the preview, it was very emotional, mm. but in a compelling way, I couldn't wait to see it. And literally, by the time I went 
to go watch the whole entire thing, it was down. Wow. And the the censorship is unreal right now in the media. Most you know people are starting to notice this. So what do you make of it? I don't know what people have seen um, or heard about the root cause. And if you Google it, you can find that there's a lot of stories out there that talk about how it's misleading and it's a danger to the public. So first off, root cause is a story about a man's journey of, of illness, chronic fatigue, impotence, energy, all these problems. And he was doing all of these crazy treatments. And, uh, you know, the funny part is, and a lot of people didn't get it when you watch the movie, he said he tried all these crazy treatments. He talked about like drinking his own urine and all these holistic treatments. And then he said under his breath that those are the treatments that actually worked. <laughs> and what he discovered and through some rather unusual testing to for most mainstream and allopathic people, uh, he found out that there's a potential that the root canal that he had in his front tooth from an accident that he had when he was younger was possibly the source of his chronic disease. Because when he removed the tooth and removed all the infections in his mouth, he got better as a result. Now, it's a story, but there's actually experts in the movie that talk about um, why that is true. And this is where the common sense of the root cause comes in and says, why does dead teeth, a.k.a. a tooth that has a root canal, why is it bad for your health? My question is, why isn't the burden of proof to, to, on the people that do root canals yes, and exactly. root canal therapy to prove that it's safe? Now, here's their definition of safe, okay? If you have pain and you have no, no longer have pain and you can still use a tooth, therefore, it's quote-unquote successful. And so they're using... <laughs> All of this, you know, they're, they're, they're using this relative term of success as if there's no pain, then therefore it's a successful treatment, okay? And the logic doesn't play here because our body naturally rejects foreign objects. It goes through an inflammatory response. If you have a splinter, you have heat, you have pain, you have redness to the area because the body is trying to protect itself. Acute inflammation is natural. Our body gets rid of foreign things. When we have a tooth that has a root canal, we're keeping a dead tooth connected to our body. Well, what people fail to know, because all these dentists for 100 years are doing these procedures, and by the way, make a lot of money, okay, money talks, they are going to resist this idea that a root canal-treated tooth is a cause of problems. So let's, here's the, the deal. Root canals... Just because they, they remove pain and allow you to keep the tooth does not mean that the tooth is clean. Who said you needed to keep the tooth in the first place? That should be the first question the patient well, is it's, even asking. Well, it's a very emotional. See, everyone, see, dentistry is different than health and than medicine, okay? We have different schools, we have different doctors, we have different insurance. So obviously the mouth is different than the rest of the body. <laughs> it's not connected. It doesn't use the same blood that goes to your brain and to oh, your heart. Let's not so talk funny. about that. Let's just kind of put our dentist in a corner and say, you do your own thing. Okay. Oh, we're going to get into that in a few minutes <laughs> and show people exactly how your mouth is everything. No, oh it's gosh. just absolutely nuts. But just the powers that be doesn't like that. And that's hence the, one of the reasons why it's now off of Netflix and it's off of Amazon. And we start run wondering, why is it off? 
what happened was these organizations that are thousands of dentists that are a part of, by the way, these organizations are not for the health, for the improvement or the protection of the general public. Okay. These organizations are private organizations that support its members, which are the dentists. So they're a lobbying group. They spend a lot of money. They have some good things that they lobby for, okay? But there's also, they have a lot of money to, to protect the members. And I do believe that, I don't know exactly what happened, but they were able to convince these companies to remove it from their uh, things so that they can, quote unquote, not spread misinformation. Let's break this out for a minute. I think a lot of people are going to listen and, you know, think, oh, my gosh, I have X number of root canals. What should I do about that? Uh, how do you help people troubleshoot this path? Like I said, it's a very emotional thing because no one wants to know that, oh, if I'm recommended a root canal and I go to a holistic dentist and, and I can't do a root canal, it's an automatic extraction. And just imagine walking around with a missing tooth. It's pretty traumatic vision, okay? So I don't want people to think that there aren't any options, but I don't want them to jump to the options without first getting a thorough diagnosis. Because the truth is everything is relative. If you have a tooth that just had a root canal yesterday, the chances are it's not affecting your health as if you got the root canal 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 40 years ago. And then your immune system may be different than someone else's immune system. Why do some people's immune systems, they cause, let's say, eczema and some people it's <clears throat> digestive issues. You need to start asking better questions. And if you don't go to the practitioners that have the experience that ask the better questions, then you're really going down this crazy path where you, it's fear of the unknown. So the truth is not every root canal or not every tooth needs to come out now, but you have to understand that root canal treated teeth are not going to get healthier as time goes by. So the real question is not a full blanket, one size fits all. You got to go to the dentist that understand everything, this big picture approach and makes the recommendation as if they were a patient. So yes, you have to find the dentist and you have to find the dentist that understand uh, this treatment. You just can't go to your dentist and go, I don't want to do a root canal and tell them that root canals are bad. These dentists are going to resist and they're going to throw these, these sciences, these scientific studies that help their cause. And they hope that you stop asking questions, that you move forward, pay for the treatment and then forget about it. Yeah. So, you know, you're teaching people to critically think and just ask the question, am I contributing to my wellness or am I contributing to disease by, you know, going I, down this I road? I really want people to take responsibility for their decisions. Okay. Because we blindly accept these medical professionals. These medical professionals are biased. They know what they know. They don't know what they don't know. And sometimes they don't want to know what they don't know. They, yeah. I it's, love that you it, made that distinction. It's ridiculous, but stop. Like I tell patients all the time, after you take the information I give you, don't start treatment tomorrow. Think about it. Let it marinate. Go take it and look at other, go to other doc doctors, other dentists, and ultimately your decision is your decision. Don't try to blame the other doctors. Don't try to blame me. Don't try to blame everyone else. Your responsibility is, I mean, your health is your responsibility. Be an advocate for your own health. Yeah, I have a lot of um, clients that I see where it's always the regretful root canal because I focus on autoimmunology. I'm looking mm -hmm. at these long-term infections or we're discovering, mm -hmm. you know, infections. And so many times I've seen systemic mold mm -hmm. be a huge issue. 
with root canals and the, you know, mood swings and the anxiety and the depression that just goes away after people have a true holistic repair from this old dental work. It's just amazing. They are different people. I mean, literally different people. What's amazing to me is that if the dentist just opened their mind just a little bit, okay? The fact is, is that most of these holistic dentists out there had a personal experience or they know someone really close to them that had a personal experience and they start questioning, but they have to have that personal experience. For me, it's always common sense because I'm an idealist. But what I'm looking at is these dentists all have to put their ego aside and go, hey, look, I have an opportunity to help people if I just change my mind and just crack open my brain a little bit and go, is it possible that this tooth could be causing them, let's say, cancer? You were talking about my patient before. Is it possible? And do you have to have the science to prove it? What about all these anecdotal studies? Do you want to just, just dismiss all these anecdotal studies? Or do you want to just be like, hmm, is there a possibility that all these root canals that I did hurt people? And now I could totally change that around. And now I could help people by not doing them, or I could help people by removing them. Would that be a better place? Bunch of people helping each other get healthier. Isn't this is why we were called to, to be dentists? I mean, you talk to any healthcare practitioner, they're all like, why did you get into it? And ever the token thing is, I want to help people. I want to help people. Now that they have another way to possibly help people. Now they're in this dilemma of, should I help them or should I just be like sheepish and go, maybe I was one of the reasons why they're unhealthy in the first place. I don't know what's going on, but I'm frustrated because there's people, dentists out there, I'm just using dentists, but doctors that have a huge opportunity to help people if they were to just open their mind a little bit. Let's have oh, an yeah, open debate. I mean, it's frustrating for me. You could tell right now I'm yeah. frustrated because my colleagues have an opportunity to help people like I help people because I've seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you talk about the word or use the word anecdotal. If you go look up the word anecdotal, you know, we need to use a different word to describe awesome, subjective clinical data. When I was studying traditional Chinese medicine in grad school, that basically is how, you know, the whole entire system was able to personalize people's treatments and treatment perspectives. You know, the word anecdotal has this negative you know, it's just disqualified, right? No. Oh, how could the patient know anything about themselves? Oh, you know, that person walking around with the teeth in their mouth and everything that they're reporting to. Are you kidding? That That's the gold right there. Mm -hmm. And the practitioners just do not want to, you know, listen. And the w I was talking in a podcast I did yesterday about the way we do research and the way that we're communicating with our patients needs to change altogether. Yeah, so. the whole thing with science and research, and you can almost take it to like Google. You can find Google and put something, and you can find one side, you can find a lot of pages and articles on one side, you can find articles on the other side. And the people will use this word science and research and evidence-based and, and all of this fancy words to say that the science doesn't disprove it. It's like the whole point was like the letter that was going to the uh, Netflix and Amazon asking them to remove this, uh, this movie. And they're like, oh, it's all misinformation because I was old and they haven't repeated. 
it's funny because they hang their hat on the one or two studies and then they, they flaunt it around like this is the gold standard. This is the great study. If you look at every study, there's a flaw in a lot of all these assumptions. That is science. It's science. That's and the only way flaws, you can get better because right? it's flawed. <laughs> and there's with. always something at the end that says a sentence or two, more studies are needed. Okay. Yeah. And it's funny because you can choose any study to make your your claims. But the truth is, I always go back to common sense. And, you know, unfortunately, common sense, as you know, is uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get into this talk on um, immunology and oncology yes. just a little bit as it relates to dental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to discuss the patient okay. that you had or have. Yeah. Can you tell us about that, about with the sinus yeah. concern? <sighs> there. This pa- this particular patient, uh, from the outside, and I'm sure she believed it herself, she had it all together, okay? She had the great career. She was working real hard. She has the, the kids. Everything is going fine. You know, she has everything that she possibly need. Then all of a sudden, she developed a symptom, and then she discovered she had breast cancer. And then, like, your whole world flips upside down. Your whole perspective on life, your priorities change. And it's like, how could I be there for my kids if I'm not here anymore? And so she took it upon herself to research everything. Like she was reading like three books a day. Oh my gosh. And she awesome. was like, I got to find out. There was like, so like, obviously she was driven. She took her health and she's like, why does this happen? So she tried all of these treatments and then she found us online like most people do. And then they come to see me and I do my non-biased exam like I do with everyone else. And I'm like, this is what I would do if it were me. So obviously she trusted me because she said, let's go ahead and do this. So what I did was I take a 3D x-ray. It's called a comb beam. Most general dentists don't do it. I've had mine for nine years. I'm the first general dentist in San Diego County to have this. And most dentists are like, oh, that's overkill. Well, it's like a $200,000 machine, but I saw value of it years ago what's tell us about the difference so that it's a so we are 3d <laughs> we are three-dimensional our teeth are three-dimensional our bodies are three-dimensional. we are three-dimensional so if we have this new technology with low radiation is able to for us to see three-dimensionally we should use it does so everybody hear that's that enough low for radiation me. yeah <laughs> yeah keywords low radiation it's, it does not compare to the ct scans those huge ones where you lay on the bed at the medical office it's about one thousandth less radiation the that's amount of awesome. radiation of one scan is like going from a cross-country uh, airplane okay but again you need to be mindful because d- you do need to have these x-rays because your dentist doesn't have x-ray vision it's just a matter of fact i wish i could i wish they <laughs> but also people want to see okay they want to see proof and so here i am showing people these 3d x-rays the 3d x-rays two-dimensional x-rays which most people are familiar with and most dentists use it takes an average of information so it's with a three-dimensional x-ray, you can cut them in thinner slices so you don't have to average anything, and there's just more to see. And when you're looking at root canals, you're looking at cracks, you're, you're looking at infections, it's more, uh, it, it can be seen a lot easier in three-dimensional x-rays. But the problem is, is that most dentists' eyes don't, are not used to interpreting three-dimensional x-rays because x-rays, like all tests, 
are up for interpretation. Like if you took a blood test, you can, one person can say, oh, you have this problem. And the other person can say, take the same test and say, oh, you don't have a problem. I go through this every day in right. my practice. Right. It's like well, your norm is different than someone else's norm. And, and the published norm is now changing, you know, if it's yeah, on reference LDL ranges are or whatever, changing, yeah. you know what I mean? So you have, it's always humans that interpret it. So I say 10 x-rays, I mean, same x-ray, 10 different doctors, 10 different diagnoses. So again, I'm calibrated. So I took the x-ray and I go, there's something in your sinus and uh, you have a tooth that was extracted before in that area. She had a bridge to say, it. and I go, this is what I would do. I would, if it were mine, I would go ahead and go into your sinus and, and take out and clean your sinus out. So what was in the sinus was mucus, which is um, part of your body's natural response, but we needed to clean it out. I'm always talking about toxicity. Toxicity is one of the root cause, but there are so many toxins, you know, your micro oh, yeah. things. When we remove it from the field or the energy field or remove it from the body, I almost feel like the body just sighs and releases and goes, oh, I, I wanted that. to get that out. And, and believe it or not, all the time when our patients, they feel a release and there may be a release of like, like a burden off their shoulders come out. They may start crying. There'll be an emotional release right then and there. And we just allow it to happen. And it's so beautiful because I can tell that the body wanted to have that out of their body. I mean, I'm getting teary. I just hearing you talk about it. Oh, it's, it's so awesome. incredible. Like I see it and I don't expect it. I mean, I get hugs left and right because I can't, guarantee this stuff of i can't course. be like this is definitely going to get better all i say is like your body wanted to get rid of it in the first place let's just assist it i always say i'm not the healer i'm just assisting and your body knows what to do we need to remove things that other people put in there that your body never wanted in the first place let's not belabor over what woulda coulda shoulda let's talk about how can we take this out how can you experience this and then press the, the story forward just share your story because it's true it's authentic it's real we don't have to prove anything we don't have to shove this down people's throats and so this is what you need to do all you have to do is share your story and then it, the energy the the life of your story will continue to be passed forward. And that's the good thing about the internet. That's the good thing about uh, social media. Just let it flow. It will do its things. It'll find the right ears. So once we did that, we removed it. Her breast cancer, um, amazing because she's doing all these tests. She has the quote, best doctors to do all these tests. And so she kept me abreast to all of this. And even to this day, she still comes in. She's very thankful. She's telling me what she do. She does. And for me, I love hearing what they do because that's how I learn. We always talk about, uh, you know, the practitioners that are listening and asking the better questions actually learn a lot from their patients. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause there's just so much out there. You just can't, you know, I'm not going to go home and, and read 10 new journal articles uh, a day. You know, I have a life. I, you know, it's part of the balance. What's it's, it's what makes me good when I am with the patient. So I realize that, but I learned so much from my patients and I appreciate it. And there really is no substitute for experience and, you know, no knock on the, the new students that come out of school. Because when I came out of school, I was uh, as cocky as them. Okay? Well, everyone, everyone else. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm ready. I'm ready to pay off the bills. I know it. And I, I know better than the old farts because, you know, I use this new technology at school, but I got to tell you that what I have in my head and my expertise and the feel, it's really at this point, an art, not all science. It's really an art to know 
when to start and when to stop. Because I'm a surgeon. I'm a, I'm a dentist, but I do surgery. And so when it comes down to it, your trust, people are trusting me to know when to remove more and when to remove less. Give you an example. When you talk about infections in the jawbones, and everyone would say, if you have an infection in your body, definitely take it out. Okay. So if the infection's in your mouth, let's take it out. But the question is, the person that you're having to or you're choosing to remove the infection, they have a starting point and they have a stopping point. Yes. And do exactly. they know where they're stopping? But you have to trust their judgment in the moment to say, I'm done. So if it's a cavity in a tooth or an infection. When do they stop? Because if they stop short, they're leaving infection. Go back in or the problem doesn't go away. That's their fault, right? Right. So <laughs> you need to trust if they remove too much and they cause, they take out too much. Now you have collateral damage and now you have other problems. So choosing the right dentists and you're really choosing their expertise and their decision-making skills. And you're not just buying the service. And it's so important for people to understand that this service is not a commodity. This service is your health. And if you really value your health, you will do the due diligence and find the provider that you trust and that you work with. And just like not every dentist is a dentist. Not every filling is a filling. Not every procedure is the same. And we allow it, but I don't think we should allow it. And I don't think people should uh, rate us based on if we do it or not, because the truth is, is that we don't really know how the body is going to respond. We do our best. And then that's what you want uh, as a patient is you just want the support and you want the, to them to give that trust so that you can do the best that you can. I think what you're saying about service, you know, I'm always thinking about semantics and how people perceive language. Uh, you know, it's not like you've got a menu of services here and you're telling people to just come in and, oh, choose this, choose that. I started putting things on my website, you know, such as here's what we can do together. Here are the things that, you know, I've worked with other people and taking out all of that language. So people understand, oh, this is an experience of my life that is going to affect me when I go back out there in mm -hmm. the everyday world. People need to be made to feel important, not like they're coming in, you know, in, into this bubble mm -hmm. and, uh, I feel like you're listening to people and so much in healthcare is just dictated to the patient about what they should be doing. You know, you're a guide, you're a facilitator. Sure. You come packed with all these skills. You're a surgeon. You could do this. You could do that. But at the end of the day, you're talking about all the emotion that goes into, you know, right. it's, it's not that big of an area on our body, but it's, it's huge. Right. And it's, I was saying earlier that uh, some patients are just like, I wish I would have, would have come to you before. And there's like all this like resentment and it's like, we can talk about the resentment yeah. and you know, it's good to, to talk a little bit, but you can make the world a better place by like, like, like I told you, like sharing your story. Okay. Let's prevent this. Let's just, you know, pass it, pay it forward. Yeah. So let's reframe it and talk about what we can do. Right. And because how so many people beat, the, beat up themselves for things and that's not good. And you know, that is in and of itself can be a hindrance for your healing. And, you know, we talk about the, the emotional and, and they like, everyone talks about, it's like, you have to stay positive. In medicine, they talk about this. It's called the placebo effect, how mind <laughs> yes, believes, exactly. but they want you to stop talking about it and they dismiss it. 
okay, <laughs> right away. But energy, thoughts, emotions, they all come into play. And this is what I've realized over the years is that, uh, you know, holistically, we should all be holistically thinking and then be open-minded and start to continue to question. And once you think you got the answer, question again. And that's like my, my motto is pretty much like continue to question, even though you probably are not going to find the answers to all of them. But the whole process of questioning gets you further along. And I think that's my, um, my background and my just the way my, I'm wired is that I'm always curious and I'm always going to be learning. There's always room for growth. I'm never satisfied with what is. It's like I can tell you everything right now about how bad a root canal is, but if next year they have some new technique that can clean out the tooth and keep the tooth clean for 300 years, I might say, yeah, do a root canal, but only do it this way. Of course. So I'm just saying, oh, it's like I am. I have permission, and I'm giving everyone permission out there to just like you can change your mind. Okay, things can change as technology is getting better, and it's okay to eat your words because your knowledge and your learning has changed over the years. So, speaking of knowledge changing and growing, uh, the gut microbiome is a huge, huge, huge part of what I work with, and. When people hear that they have their own oral microbiome, it just blows them away. Yeah. They almost can't believe it. You know, talk about gut and oral health connection. So how do you approach this with your patients? How do you teach them um, on the immunological level how important it is? So like everything in your mouth, you know, as common sense, everything in your mouth is a part of your whole body. And uh, obviously, your the blood in your gums, the blood in your teeth, and next is is connected to the rest of the body. So, if the the microbiome of your mouth, okay, the composition, the flora, you're talking about bacteria, you're talking about fungus, you're talking about viruses, everything in your mouth, in your body, and everything in your body in your mouth. And I think we should talk real quick that inflammation in your body can show signs of inflammation in your mouth. Yes, yes. Most dentists only have one train of thought. If your gums bleed, it's because you, the patient, are not brushing and flossing, okay? The truth is, is that blood goes to your gums. Your gums are filled with blood. So whatever's going on in your body will show signs in the mouth. We talk about it all the time. It's like if you're pregnant, your hormones cause uh, the blood in your, your mouth or in your gums to be more inflamed. It's not because you're not keeping your teeth clean. It's just because it's a hormonal issue. See, dentists pick and choose and cherry pick whatever suits their pocketbook, whatever suits <laughs> their story. Uh, what's frustrating is, is they talk about how your gums have bacteria that could go to the rest of your body, but your teeth have bacteria, but that doesn't go to the rest of the body. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. And I'm like, you just didn't say that. And <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't make sense, but you're you're going to your grave believing that. And I'm like, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm judging them as a, like a human. And I was like, you're a big hypocrite. Well, it's absurd. Yeah. And it it's really like, is. it doesn't make sense. <laughs> let's talk about it. I'm not going to judge you anymore, but at least let's oh, have a discussion about it. But no, they're going to stand by what their beliefs are. Anyway, that's an aside. I go on these tangents all the time. But when it comes to the bacteria in your mouth and the fungus, um, it affects your gut. And everyone doesn't realize that the mouth is the start of your digestive system. Okay. So if your mouth doesn't function properly, and if you're not mindful of what's going on inside your mouth, it can definitely affect your, your, your digestive system. When it comes to, is it okay if I talk about uh, meridians and, oh, yeah, and do it. all these? 
when people go to, if you've been to like a massage place and you talk about, you have these big Chinese maps of feet and they say, this is the map of the feet. And this is, and you look at this, this picture of a foot then you go, okay, this area is where your liver is. This area is where your heart is. The basis for that is reflexology. Okay. The reflexology is based on oriental medicine, thousands of years old, where they've mapped the body. This is what my master's work is in, by the way. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're speaking my language over here. And the map, okay, we have these energy channels. Energy is chi in Chinese. And we have these energy channels. We'll call them meridians or energy channels. So if you literally have a blockage of energy in one part of the channel, it blocks chi or energy to the other part. So everything is connected in the body and then in the mouth, all the channels, well, all the channels go through the mouth. So if you have a blockage of energy in the mouth, then it could reflex into a problem elsewhere in the body. So if you have some gut issues or you got some colon issues or bladder or heart or thyroid, you have to look everywhere. And there are maps of the body through the teeth all over the internet. I have some on my website. Pretty much the most common tooth that gets a root canal is your is, is the first molar. It's a six year. It comes when you're six years old. It has to go through all the adolescent years where we're eating crap, okay, <laughs> processed foods. And so they are the ones that end up fracturing first, having uh, cavities first, you know, because, you know, for whatever reason, those teeth are are damaged. That sounds so common sense, but I don't think, you know, the average person is going to think about that. Oh, go through the adolescent years you know, they leave the house, they get to eat whatever they want. They're not eating what their parents fed them anymore. They're eating junk or eating, you know, cupcakes for lunch at school. Right. And so these teeth become so decayed. And so dentists are, let's go ahead and do a root canal. Fast forward 10, 20, 30 years, they start developing thyroid issues. How many people have thyroid oh, issues? please. Yes. Okay. How many people 90% have of my stomach clients. issues? Okay. Um, and breast cancer and things. If you look at these energy charts, that tooth is right on those meridians or those energy channels. So if you don't go to the dentist that understands, is open-minded and appreciates how the body is all interconnected, then they won't agree that their issue, their solution, which is a root canal or an infection, is the root cause of these problems. And that's where this big backlash is coming in from these organizations that they don't understand these energy channels. And we have whole professions, the acupuncture, acupuncture whole or oriental medicine is all based on these uh, principles, but yet we don't want, we as the profession or conventional allopathic medicine uh, doesn't want to know about it because again, we don't want, we're trying to save face. And we don't want to admit that we are potentially the cause of all of these problems. So look at the meridians in the mouth. Oh, one final thing, wisdom teeth. Okay. Wisdom teeth and all these dentists, 90% of people are asking, are being told to have their wisdom teeth taken out. The wisdom teeth are on the heart meridian. And when wisdom teeth are taken out, and let's say that there's a, an infection that forms because the body doesn't heal from the extraction, what happens? There's a, a silent infection that goes on for decades. Well, the number one killer in the US is not cancer, it's still cardiovascular disease or heart disease. 
And the number one symptom or the most common symptom of heart disease is a heart attack. And we still don't know what the causes are. All I want people to understand is if we have 90% of the population that gets wisdom teeth taken out and heart disease is still the number one cause of death, why can't we be open-minded to consider that there could be infections in the jawbone where the wisdom teeth are and we have to prevent wisdom teeth from coming out and we have to be aware of what's going on in the area where the wisdom teeth were taken out. So to clarify that, are you suggesting that uh, before removing wisdom teeth back up and first determine maybe through the type of x-ray? That's correct. So this is where I go, go crazy. I'm going to go again, asking better questions like, why are the wisdom teeth being recommended to be removed? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not only because of financial, but a lot of times there's not enough space. So sure. if there's not enough space for the wisdom teeth, you have to ask him, why is there not enough space? And most dentists are like, well, your teeth are too big and your jaw's too small. And they have, I know all of their excuses, okay? But they're not valid because there's a reason why the jaw is smaller. And now we're going to get into orthodontics. We are not deficient in orthodontics, okay? <laughs> we have to ask the question, why do we have our teeth crowded? And then, then we go into, why is it the jaw getting bigger, why isn't it reaching its full potential? So all of these issues start running into each other. And that's where you have to go to the dentist that's mindful and has seen the problems as an adult being sourced or discovered when they're five years old, almost to the point of when they are born. Because we talk about lip ties and tongue ties and latching on. Like I have to know all of this stuff because the passion that comes out of me comes from I can't stand that all these dentists did all of these problems um, and they're coming at me at 50 years old and they have ground down teeth, they have jaw joint problems, they have sleep apnea, they have gum recession, they have all these cavities, they have root canals, they have cavitations, they have mercury fillings, they have metal crowns. And I'm like, I saw where this all started. It started when they were like five years old. That's why my passion for seeing kids early to prevent these problems uh, all comes from, because again, I see it, I see time as the other dimension that most dentists aren't seeing. You so, need a troubleshooting infographic uh, for people. Uh, I mean, it's if just this, like, then that, go here, do this. It's then funny that. <laughs> because I go around, I see people and I see their habits and I go, I know what happened to you when you were five years old. I know because you were mouth breathing then. I know that your speech was a problem and I see kids that are in braces, let's say they're like 12 or 13 years old. And I'm like, I know the reasons why they're wearing braces, but no one is really addressing the problem. It's just, I see so much and I have to bite my tongue because I can't go around saying you're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> okay. So you can't go around saying that, but now my question is, when are you going to put together a lecture and where are you going to speak? <laughs> uh, you know why I don't, uh, put together that many speeches and lectures because I'm a perfectionist. It's like <laughs> my worst thing. It's just like, it's never good enough. If it's not good enough for me, I'm never going to put it out there. And I know that's one of my faults because I'm sure that a lot of what I say is good enough. But when I start putting my head down to it, that's why I don't have a book. Okay. I'm going to start messaging you and setting you You're going to have to like, like lock me into the house and like... <laughs> 
like not give me food unless I write a page <laughs> or like, you know, it's like, that's the only way that I could do it because it's really in my head. And I know that the information is valuable and then people need to get it out there, but it's just this blockage that I have. It's like, it has to be from me and it has to be the best thing out there. So maybe I'll just have to do more podcasts. Okay. So you'd be awesome then on a discussion <laughs> panel with an osteopath, with an acupuncturist, you know, to at a holistic or integrative health expo. Uh, I would love to do it. I love panel discussions are so awesome in that I way because it. then that's the true meaning and message, you know, mm. integrative medicine and all of you together is better. You'll just inspire one another, right? To Absolutely. Keep... I love working with other practitioners. Obviously, I can't do what they do and I know that they can't do what I do. Yeah. And it's this collaboration where like the energies, are, it's it's greater than the sum of the energies, right? So it's great because the information is getting out there. People are more open-minded. They're starting to recognize that there is a different way or possibly a better way of, of achieving health. And people are now asking, how do I get health? How do I prevent these problems instead of reacting to the problems? And that's like my whole life is passion is not only teaching these simple common sense pro, uh, concepts, but to actually treat people that, uh, that are suffering from this. And that's where, where it makes all the difference. And yes, I have my bad days where maybe things don't go that right. And, or maybe it's stressful or, you know, it's these, but I have to, I have patients that, that appreciate what I do because they come back later and I go, I never knew my neck can turn that far, or I didn't know my shoulder pain was went, went away. And I have no idea that I was the facilitator of it. But all I know is that what I was doing was what needed to be done. And I facilitated what, uh, what their body wanted, and their body responded in positive ways. I didn't know which symptoms are going to be relieved. That's why I don't tie a lot of my work to symptoms. All I say is that your body doesn't want it. Let's just remove it. It's a toxin. Let's just remove it. Do we have to have much more discussion about it? And they usually trust me and say, no, we do it. And then nine times out of 10, they're like, I'm so glad I did this. I feel better. I have better energy. I don't get sick anymore. I mean, I should chronicle all of this. I Here's a funny thing. I actually thought about putting cameras all over my office and live streaming and just, <laughs> of course, getting my patients to, uh, to agree to, to it, it consent yeah. to it. But I appreciate everything that goes through because in the moment when I'm doing something, I'm like, wow, people need to see this. Yeah, that's awesome. It would be cool. I mean, you'll have Reality to think show. of a you'll have to think of a word to call it because that's you know ten times better than anecdotal. Right, absolutely. Okay, so we do we have to get you on a panel discussion. <laughs> tell me where I'll block I'll 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 move my patients. I'll... I'm going to recommend you for sure. <laughs> All right. Okay, so in closing, I want to know if you could share any last words of wisdom. This is a lot of information that we just. I know, and I just brushed the surface. I didn't even go like one level deep, um, and I told you other things. One last uh, wisdom. Um, I just gave you all my the best stuff, but really, I think <laughs> the best stuff is the the mindset. Okay, it's not the what's the best toothpaste. Okay, and I know everyone wants to know what's the best toothpaste. What do you think of teeth whitening? Is oil pulling good? I mean, everybody has these questions, and I'm like. Like, well, they could come see you for that. They could come see you for that. <laughs> see, that's for that's that's small stuff for me. And I think what I try to come across as think bigger picture, take a different perspective, and understand that 
some people will have a smaller picture and you can't necessarily get their smaller picture to a bigger picture. It's a timing thing. Oh, They'll eventually awesome get it. Okay. Meeting people where they are. Right. And uh, I know like the passion comes out and you're like, I know exactly what you need. I definitely would do it if it were me and I'm coming across and let's do it. I'm ready, you know, but it's a timing thing. You can't just, you can't change people. You can only change yourself. And so it's like, I'm here to help if you're open to help and let's work together, not against each other. And that's pretty much how I live my life uh, personally. And that's how it comes across in my practice. And that's why it's thriving. And, you know, I love coming into work every single day. I love hugging my patients. They're so appreciative. You know, I see it in their eyes. We look at straight in the eyes. It's genuine. It's real. There's no nothing, you know, fake about it. It's just how it's supposed to be done to be in, in the first place or how I think it should be done. So. I love it. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can recommend everybody to you here, <laughs> obviously in San Diego and SoCal, yeah. but are there holistic dentists pretty much all across the country now? Or what's the best way to access biological holistic dentistry uh, as an entry point? I'm going to say this and I'll be brutally honest. You can go online, do your searches, or you can go to organizations but here's the problem with organizations. Any dentist, even the worst dentist that places mercury fillings and gives buckets of fluoride to you can go online and just put their credit card number and now they're a part of the organizations. All biological organizations, you can do that. And so now they're on their listing and people can go, I'm looking for a biological dentist and then they find whichever one's close to them. They don't vet them anymore. They don't call them. They don't go to their website. Okay. They may have a tab on their website that or, or a category that says holistic dentistry. So therefore they're holistic. I don't, I can't tell you how many dentists out there think that they're holistic because they don't place mercury fillings. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, don't go to them. It's all a marketing ploy. So I would say go to the organizations. However, do your due diligence because once you remove a tooth, once you do a root canal, you can't undo it. Once you do a crown, you can't get that enamel back. Once you poison yourself, you can't. It's like once you go chemo and radiation, you've had chemo and radiation and all the side effects that go along with it and all the collateral damage, you can't undo things. So do your due diligence. If you have a bad feeling with the person that you're you're dealing with, then just leave. Okay, you don't have to try to convince them. You don't have to prove a point. Just find another dentist and do your due diligence. Ask around. Don't choose them just because they're nice. And it's like one of my most annoying things out there. Well, annoying things that I hear is that people choose or recommend their dentist because they're nice. I'm going to tell you, nice is not good enough. Oh, okay? please. If the yes, best thing... Got to fire that doctor <laughs> just because they're nice doesn't mean they're going to save your life. <laughs> right. And it was like, that's not good enough for me. I hope you have higher standards for yourself. They have to be technically sound. They have to know how to diagnostic. They have to be, they have to love life. They have to know themselves. They have to be grounded. I mean, I have a I should make a list or like a, a top 10 of things to look for in, in, uh, in the right type of dentist. You know, these are these questions and, you know, and that only gets you to the start. You should do that. Okay. <laughs> I have a suggestion for you. Maybe you could do this on your website. Okay. This is what I used to do in the past. So you obviously have colleagues all over the country, right? Yes. So on each of your websites, list who you trust in the other states. Okay. No? <laughs> the problem is I... 
my word is everything to me. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, obviously. And if I recommend somebody and let's say they get less, the, the patient or the person gets less than my standard because I recommended, I feel bad. That's fair. That's fair. So I'm a perfectionist. I don't know. Everyone <laughs> should be able to. So you've mentioned. So should, should dissect that really easily. Uh, if I don't go to them personally, then I really can't recommend them. Now, I can recommend, half-heartedly recommend them based on what they've seen and that I've met them personally. And I could tell that they have a big heart and they, they're doing things for the right reasons. Then I could say, check this person out and see what you think. But uh, I take it to the nth degree and it says, if I would go to them personally, then I would recommend them. Okay, okay, so then so, you're going to put that list of questions up for people and start uh, recommending list, particular list practitioners questions. to put the troubleshooting list up for everybody. That's correct. Okay, uh, awesome. That's what we'll do. There's, there's, that's the, the third thing on my to-do list. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> we're going to find a place for you to speak, do a panel discussion, and yeah. we're going to get that list up. All right. I, I really just need someone to tell me where to go, what to do, and I'll do it. Uh, Sometimes. That's how we are. Yeah, that's all we need. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. Can't wait to share this one with everybody. Really excited. Thanks, <laughs> Dr. Marvin. You're welcome.